0: this podcast covers all things health your body your brain and your well-being each week we'll be joined by doctors as well as the occasional guest to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you the basics last time we were talking about the uh, stomach and it's uh, and its place in the great hierarchy of taking care of patients with functional medicine the concept that I keep hoping to get to you is that there are a lot of moving pieces to this. There's an organization to it. You really need to, in the beginning, when you attack a case, kind of get a feel for what all the moving parts are for that particular patient is what we've been talking. We've talked about that, is what we've been talking about up until now. And and now we are at the uh, pancreas and pancreas is kind of interesting. Most people know pancreas relative to somebody who drinks too much. <laughs> Acute pancreatitis, most people know that that's not a good thing. And that if you hear that, you start making plans and uh, not always, but it's, you know, when, when the pancreas gets that bad, it's uh, it's it can frequently be a life and death situation. Uh, most people know pancreas with diabetes, particularly diabetes type one. Uh, people are, get real familiar with their pancreas. But it's interesting, we don't normally see the pancreas being a huge, huge player in our world as far as the necessity to start throwing uh, pancreatic enzymes on it, or or bovine pancreatic tissue at it, or anything like that, because of the way that we addressed cases, the way that classic functional medicine should address cases. Symptoms of the pancreas, I have a cheat sheet here, okay? So difficulty digesting roughage or fiber, okay? And it's not, so not after protein. It's a lot of, it's very similar symptoms to lack of hydrochloric acid, which we talked about last week. Um, And you get these symptoms after you, but you get these symptoms after you digest a starch, not after the starch fibers, not after you digest protein. Okay, so difficulty digesting roughage and fiber, indigestion and fullness lasting two to four hours after eating because you're not digesting those, uh, the roughage or the fiber, pain, tenderness, soreness under the left side of the rib cage. Okay, so pancreas actually goes from about here over, can you see? Can you, I'm not sure if you can see this. <laughs> it actually goes from here over all the way to here, kind of behind the stomach. And uh, so you can get it. Uh, excessive passage of gas can be a number of things. And, but certainly if your pancreatic enzymes aren't doing their job, then you can get excessive passage of gas. Uh, nausea, vomiting. You can get nausea and vomiting from the stomach. You can get it from the liver. You can get it from anything that stimulates your vagus nerve but you can get nausea, vomiting from the pancreas. So it's not like, oh, I got nausea and vomiting, it's the pancreas, okay? It's like, you gotta start looking around and go, okay. It's, uh, can I, do I have, uh, you know, stomach problems, pancreas problems, stool, undigested, foul-smelling mucus, like, and greasy and poorly formed, it, and, and uh, maybe kind of a little bit like the gallbladder, it could, it could kind of float. You're gonna find out why in a second, because the gallbladder and the pancreas kind of work together and when one stops working, the other one kind of stops working. Uh, frequent loss of appetite. These are the most common symptoms of of gallbladder function. A lot of them are similar to symptoms of not having enough hydrochloric acid. And I tell you that, not to confuse you, but not enough hydrochloric acid talked about in the last segment is usu- usually due to Um, stomach, not having enough hydrochloric acid in your stomach, not breaking down your proteins. And in the last segment, we talked about how when you don't break down your proteins because you don't have enough hydrochloric acid, it sends a signal to the pancreas. And it tells the pancreas to, um, it it says, I'm going to send you a bolus of food that's not well digested, thus it's too acidic. And there's a duct that, that, these, uh, that, the, that the gallbladder dumps into and that the pancreas dumps into. And, and, and so this common duct, okay, if you it also is dumps into where the food comes right out of the stomach. So if you have an acidic bolus coming out of there, nature has already kind of figured out it could screw up your gallbladder and your pancreas. This is mostly what we see. I don't normally see the person who is drinking themselves to death. They're not usually somebody who is like attracted to alternative functional medicine. Um, <laughs> just At least I've only seen a few. And, um, and we don't usually see people who have severe acute pancreatitis. Usually the, the pain is so much that they're in the hospital. So we see the chronic pancreas issue, but nobody ever comes in here for that. And and, uh, we don't have people come in here with, oh, um, I've got all these problems. And then we find out that they have diabetes type one. Usually they have found that out long before they get to my office. and, And if you're a physician watching this, usually to your office if you're doing functional medicine. So we get the person whose pancreas isn't functioning properly. Why isn't it functioning properly? The number one cause is usually a lack of hydrochloric acid in the stomach and then a signal is sent to that pancreas and the pancreas just stops putting out pancreatic enzymes. Part of the reason that you get undigested, foul-smelling, mucus-like, greasy stools uh, is because the pancreas has a lot of different enzymes. So most people who come in here and have some a clue of what the pancreas does um, usually connect it to blood sugar. And indeed, you can get blood sugar symptoms also that will alert you to a pancreas problem. Uh, you, could, you could feel like you have insulin resistance. You can, be, you can be fatigued after meals and you can crave sweets and you can urinate a lot and things of that nature. You can have that. That can alert you to a pancreatic problem. But the, but the key to the pancreas is, is, is this. The key to the pancreas is um, that the hydrochloric acid in the stomach, to, in the functional world, Usually it's the hydrochloric acid in the stomach that's causing the bolus to not, to not be digested properly. The bolus um, is not, has an abnormal chemistry by the time it hits that duodenum where the, where the food dumps out of your stomach into this part of your upper intestines called the duodenum. That's where all of these things dump. And it, tells, and it kind of tells the pancreas to not work. And then the pancreas puts out enzymes to Digest your starches, okay. Not particularly fibers, but it can, it can it can it can do a little bit of that. But pancreas also puts out enzymes. That has to do with immune responses. But it but the big thing is it puts out enzymes that dampens inflammation. There, it puts out anti-inflammatory enzymes that dampen inflammation in the intestines. So if, so if you put if you put a lack of hydrochloric acid together and you put a decreased gallbladder function together, which we we'll talk about here in, in uh, the next segment actually, and you put pancreatic dysfunction together, you're gonna get a leaky gut. If you put that together, you're gonna have, you, you could have irritable bowel syndrome. You, you, could have irritable, you could develop irritable bowel disease if you have that trio. I put these together kind of as a trio, frankly. I, I, I look at them when I look at a person's case. I look at, at a hydrochloric acid in the stomach Pancreatic symptoms are they there? Oh, okay, and gallbladder symptoms, and the two things that I find to be more important, and that was verified to me by some by some a seminar that I kind of went to about a month ago on autoimmunity by my mentor, Dr. Krasian, that I, it, it always seemed to me like it was the it was the decreased hydrochloric acid in the gallbladder, and indeed, it turns out that. Uh, hydrochloric acid and the gallbladder are two links in the chain that if either one of them go, um, they're about as important to address as pretty much anything else you're going do to your to your gut. So the pancreas um, is usually secondary to that. I don't use a lot of pancreatic enzymes uh, simply because if you've followed this series and 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 you've heard the mantra of there's a hierarchy, there's an order to treat this. If I see a Uh, acid indigestion in the stomach. If I see a person burping right after a meal full, they have all these low hydrochloric acid symptoms, which we talked about in the last segment. I'm treating that. And and in treating that, and if they have a lot of gallbladder symptoms, I might be treating that at the same time, or I might be waiting, because it's a tad bit down the the chain of command. I might wait on that or I might do them both at the same time. And the vast majority of time in my practice, those symptoms go away. Now this is separate from the approach of, okay, you have all these uh, digestive problems, let me give you digestive enzymes and, and hydrochloric acid and the person's gonna feel better, okay? If you do that, maybe, <laughs> if they get their diet properly under control. But uh, but 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 this, is more of what functional medicine was meant to be, which was to be getting your system to start functioning normally. The vast majority of my practice, we get the hydrochloric acid, we get the stomach under control if they don't have an autoimmune problem in their stomach as we talked about in the last segment. Uh, you get that under control and the, and the function of the pancreas is going to usually follow. If you get that and the gallbladder under control, then the pancreas is gonna follow. If I get those two under control and I still have pancreatic symptoms, then I'm gonna be looking and say, okay, do we have some rare case, rare in my office, okay? Do we have some rare issue where, where the person has has pancre- diabetes type one and doesn't know it? Do they have, or do, are they getting in an early phase of some sort of a, a liver issue? And then I'll run the, the labs that would be appropriate to, to find out if the pancreas, pancreas cells are, are producing properly. And, and doing their job. So pancreas is pretty clean. It's kind of like a, if it's not a severe acute problem in functional, in the functional world and with the type of people that are drawn to most functional offices, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a step along the way that's that's not the biggest step uh, in most cases mo- uh, that, that come into the office. And so that's kind of how I see it. That's how, I, that's how I, I've experienced it. And so this is a, a fairly efficient presentation this week, because in my mind I'm not treating acute pancreases. most of you are not, or probably shouldn't be. And so, um, so there's not a whole lot to go more to go over relative to pancreatic function and how to get it going properly. Mostly it's treat the gut, treat the stomach, and um, and possibly and possibly treat the gallbladder. So. So that's it for today. Uh, so all for for all you pancreatic fans, I hope that uh, that fed your appetite for pancreatic function uh, uh, data. And uh, next time we will be going over the gallbladder. And the gallbladder is quite a bit more uh, involved than I think most people understand. Um, and I and I say that having spoken to literally hundreds and hundreds of people who've had their gallbladders out. And so it's kind of fascinating. The gallbladder is far more than just breaking down your fats and the ways to manage it are, are a little bit more than the pancreas and possibly even the stomach. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.